Phrases like organic, sustainable, eco-friendly, and farm-to-table have been around for a while. But the concept of finding healthy and environmentally friendly ways to eat is becoming more popular. More and more, people want to know where their food is coming from, the process their food undergoes before arriving on their plate. For those of us living in the interior of the United States, it's relatively easy to conceptualize where our meat, vegetables, and fruits come from because we're pretty close to the process. But when it comes to seafood, we aren't always as certain. Seafood is one of the world's most highly traded global commodities. But it's not always well known that the fish we consume cross multiple state and international borders before arriving in the marketplace. Where the fish travel during that journey and how they're handled alters the quality of the meat and can influence the environmental impact of the catch. During this Crossing Borders episode, we explore the journey of Alaskan sockeye salmon from ocean to plate. Fisherman Nick Lee is a traveler too, crossing borders for his work. He has a home in Moab, Utah, but commutes to Bristol Bay, Alaska every summer where he captains his own fishing boat. Lee has been fishing for sockeye salmon in Bristol Bay for more than 25 years. After a trip perusing the seafood section at his local grocer a few years ago, he decided to open his own seafood distribution business. That experience with my brother was life-changing. And then that's when I was like, I really think there's a story to be told here, and there's a lot of consumer education to be had. He markets his company, Alaska Select, as selling flash-frozen, high-quality, sustainably-caught Alaskan seafood directly to consumers around the country, including here in Utah. I'm in the industry. I've been on all sides of it. I've been on the catching side, the processing side, the sales side, international quality control expert, but I can go into the store and be confused. And, it, and if that's the case, the, the consumer doesn't stand a chance. Figuring out whether the fish we buy are eco-friendly and sustainable can be a daunting task. It's also pretty hard to know which fish will actually taste good when cooked. Now a captain of his own boat, Lee has helped develop several techniques to ensure the quality of his catch. The first and most important, he says, is making sure the fish stay cold on the boat. So like two or three years ago, 50% of the fleet wasn't even chilling their fish at the point of harvest. That's like the most rudimentary thing you can do. And what we were doing on our boat, not only were we chilling at the point of harvest, we were using a salmon slide to pick the fish onto so the fish don't bruise. Well, the other guys are picking it right onto a hard deck and they're getting bruised and they're not getting bled and they're putting into a dry hole that's not chilling the fish. Lee's worked on all sides of the fishing industry, but says he learned the most working as a buyer. That was probably one of my most important position was the buying rep where I would go up and inspect the quality to make sure that it, the product met our specifications. And when I first was going up, we didn't have any specifications. <laughs> so I had to make those. Lee watched as other fishermen handled their product taking mental notes and offering recommendations on how they could improve their practices. So when it came time to sell their catch, they were delivering a product consumers wanted to buy. There's the right way to do things where, you know, you have good onboard handling practices, put up a good high-quality product, and, you know, you get a better price for it, uh, no arguments, and you have repeat customers. Lee's boat is just one of over a 1,000 fishing for sockeye in Bristol Bay every summer. Each boat offloads their catch to a tender every 12 hours or so. And this is when the fish change hands for the first time. From there, tender crews pass the fish along to processors. When the salmon run in Bristol Bay, sockeye are caught at an extraordinary rate. At the peak of the run in 2017, over 3 million sockeye were caught in just 24 hours. And all those fish? They need to be processed. 
the highest value product form is putting that into fillets. And a lot of the processing plants up there are not set up for doing fillets on site. Some of the sockeye caught in Bristol Bay are filleted in Alaska or nearby Washington or California. But to save money on processing, a lot of the salmon is shipped across the ocean to China. To make that journey, the fish have to be frozen and then thawed for filleting. And during this type of long-haul processing, fish are also injected with artificial ingredients. During this thawing stage of the fish, there is what you call drip loss. So there's a certain amount of water that comes out of the, the fish. And if you're a business person, that's weight. I mean, you paid for that, and you don't want to lose it. So to increase your recovery, you want to reabsorb that water. So that's where you see the tripolyphosphate. They'll use that injected into the fish to reabsorb that water. Tripolyphosphate is harmless, but the thawing and refreezing, that can lower the quality of the meat. After the fish are processed in China, they're refrozen, loaded onto cargo ships, and distributed to markets around the world. A lot of the fish is actually reimported back into the United States, now labeled as a product of China. Every time a wild-caught Alaskan salmon boards a ship, its carbon footprint grows. Lee fillets his fish locally in Bristol Bay, which keeps the carbon footprint to a minimum and the need to use artificial ingredients that goes away. Fish doesn't need a comma. When you look back in the back of the package of the ingredients, if you're buying sockeye, it just should say sockeye. Uh, what I'm trying to provide and what I'm trying to preach is know your source. This is key because as a consumer, it can be almost impossible to track down where your fish was caught. Brian Perkins is the regional director for the Americas section of the Marine Stewardship Council, a third-party certifier that maintains sustainable fishery and chain of custody standards. What we require is that that fish be traced from point of first landing through each step of the supply chain. It ensures that when that fish gets to the consumer with our uh, MSC eco-label on it, that fish is in fact the fish that the person thinks they're buying. While the MSC is approaching 4,000 certified chain of custody holders worldwide, including some in China, it's still not really known how much of the fish coming out of China actually meets chain of custody standards. Now, there are other ways to ensure the consumer knows where their fish comes from, other than MSC certification. Lee says the bottom line is that if you can't determine the source, if you don't know where that fish was caught, then it's essentially lost its story. It has no story. You lose touch where where it came from. If you know where the product is coming from, then you start caring about that environment. But if you don't know where it's coming from, it's this, this disconnect. There's a total disconnect. And I think there, there's consequences to that. Although many retailers demand MSC certified fish, Perkins says consumers are more complacent. They don't pay attention to where their fish come from. And there's no demand for accurate labeling. So the Marine Stewardship Council is planning to launch an awareness campaign. So that people understand that they can actually have a positive impact on the environment through their purchases. When you spend your dollar to be able to have a positive impact to support the fishermen that are doing the right things, the processors that are doing the right things, the communities that depend upon the fish. We're at a point in time where, particularly among the, among the millennials, there is a greater interest in where their food comes from and a greater willingness to, to if need be, pay a higher price for a uh, a food that they understand where it came from and, and has a certain uh, provenance. Lee hopes the savvy consumer trend continues so that he can continue to provide high-quality, wild-caught and Alaskan-processed, sustainably managed seafood to people across the United States. 
including those in his home state of Utah. For Utah Public Radio, I'm Amy Talian. You and me going fishing in the dark, lying on our backs and counting the stars where the cool grass grows. The UPR original series, Crossing Borders, is a year-long storytelling project between UPR and the USU Office of Global Engagement, providing services for international students and scholars, and facilitating study abroad opportunities for students and faculty. Details at globalengagement.usu.edu. And to explore more of the Crossing Borders series, head over to upr.org.